Hey, this is Martin, and we're back with Good Grief by Martin, 100 Days and Beyond. It's a 100 consecutive day creative project, which has turned into a 250 consecutive day creative project, and it's just going on and on. And the more I do it, the more fun I'm having discovering uh, new things. And when I say new things, I'm talking about new creative things, creating new neural pathways, and uh, flicks on my happy switch. But it is so nice to get some creative energy back. And um, when you've been smashed uh, through trauma um, and loss, it is so nice when you get to see some sunlight. And um, really, that's what this podcast and this creative journey is all about. It's the therapy that goes with it. So I was telling you before about uh, my uh, love of comedy and how I've been pursuing um, some of these British... uh, podcasts uh, which have explained the way that jokes are put together and you know some of these shows work through jokes that don't work and uh, uh, just got me writing lots of little silly notes down and, and uh, seeing what I could uh, come up with to um, come up with some funny lines so anyway so I put in some stuff together and um, you know just uh, hopefully uh, indulge me because uh, this is all new to me all this stuff but you know what? It's funny because if you're standing with a bunch of friends at the bar, you know, funny shit just comes out. And people just indulge you and laugh and shit like that. And this is what I'm hearing from these comedians. They were really trying to get back to how it was at the bar with their friends. And when they get on stage, they become performers and they're very different. They deliver things differently. So in my head... These things that I'm written written down are really fucking hilarious. And I think they're really funny until I go and tell someone <laughs> and then the wheels fall off because they are not on the same page as me. So hopefully the fact that you're listening to this, you'll uh, be happy to indulge me a little bit. Okay. All right, so we're going to start. So look, whatever happens, we're going to get to the other side of this, all right? So together we'll arrive somewhere. So we're going to get to the other side of this little set that I'm going to do. All right, so I've just noticed that the hardest thing for any comedian is getting through the first few minutes. And I guess, with new comedians, they've got to get that first laugh. Now that must be hard, and I imagine that when you're standing up there, time would be going so slowly. So you're probably out of nerves, be talking really fast, and and, uh, trying too hard, and then becoming very self-conscious, unless you're a little bit, uh, rehearsed on stage and uh, now as you know I do play in a band so I do get to stand on the stage a fair bit and uh, communicate with the audience so it isn't as uncomfortable for me but nevertheless when I'm in that van of mine it's very different chatting away because it's like I've got somebody sitting next to me when I get out of it like I'm right now I'm actually standing in my lounge room it's very different so I'm trying to become not self-conscious and walking around my lounge room, it's got a bit of carpet and everything else in here has got timber floors that echoes. So hopefully the sound isn't too bad. Um, so as I said, we're going to get across this, we're going to get through this together. We will get to the other side. If you're prepared to listen and stick around, we will get somewhere over there, however long it takes. Now, it's going to go one or two ways. It's either going to go well. When I say well, I'm not expecting much from any of you guys. If you chuckle and you go, oh, fucking well done. I'll be happy with that. I'm not expecting too much. I, I, I know most of you that listen to this, and I know the bar's not going to be set too high. All right? So, uh, now that's one option. Or, 
it's going to be pretty fucking quiet. You're not going to find any of this entertaining at all. It's not going to be funny. Now, I'm not standing in front of anyone right now. I'm just standing in front of my dog who's looking at me going, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you wandering around? Why are we not out walking? But if I was standing in front of people, I'd be looking at all these empty faces and they would be going, listen, mate, I'm fucking, <laughs> I've given you a couple of minutes. This is not going well. <laughs> Say something funny. Well, anyway, I'm going to become very self-conscious. Now, I'm going to get, um, what's the word, when you go all blank, you know what I mean? And you, It's like everything shuts down. You lose the ability to fucking walk properly and talk properly and think properly. You can't think rationally. In fact, I'm dyslexic and I can't read a fucking thing when my head goes. And so, um, yeah, it's not going to be easy. And, and then if I become a little bit more animated in my head, I imagine that things going really bad and it's like a black hole appears in the middle of the stage and then the fucking microphone shoots down at the band falls down the hole, all of a sudden the people in the front row start to fall into the hole in the stage. And then all of a sudden the whole theatre starts to disappear around me and there's me just left standing on my own. So look, I just suggest laugh. It's got to be safer, all right? It's going to be much easier if you do that. You'll all get to go home rather than fall down this black hole. So I've always been intrigued with the pathway of a thought. When I think of something and I say it, and you process it, and you come to a resolution at the other end. I'm sure that it's different than what perhaps out of my brain. And that's what's intrigued me always. So uh, my dog um, shits a lot, <laughs> and anywhere he wants to. And so trying to get him uh, house trained was not that easy. And you know, what happens was typically, as a puppy, you, you, you know, you, you allow them a little bit of time, and uh, they'll get used to it. but. He, he sort of never has. <laughs> We've got him shitting outside now, but you know, only just. And um, anyway, I, I remember coming in once and he'd, he'd shit in the house and he knew he'd been bad, eh? <laughs> he knew he'd been bad. And, and, and when I yell at him, his little shoulders would drop, his little face would drop. He would just back away like he knew he'd been off. And um, I'm buddy. Bad, bad, bad dog, bad dog. And he would just slink away like, ah, oh, fuck, I know. I've done it again. <laughs> I shit in the house. <laughs> I know. Anyway, uh, it's tormenting. So, um, anyway, we've got him shitting outside now, thank God. But even so, it, it doesn't even make it to the mulch. It just sticks his ass out the dog flap and shit. It just plops outside. So I'm skipping it up. And every time he sees me walk past with a, on the end of the shovel, he just slinks away, his shoulders drop. And I'm like, bad dog, bad dog. He's like, oh, I fucking no, tell me again. <laughs> uh, Segway, okay, so I used to be Buster's hero, my son Buster, uh, who is the theme of this whole podcast and the inspiration, I should say. Um, and so I would... Uh, uh, I went from hero to zero as a dad. I think it's probably not an uncommon story, but um, I used to uh, uh, go and play football with him and do lots of stuff and go and hang out and play. And he, he loved me to bits. And then one day, <laughs> one day, I'm driving around like a chauffeur. 
He's in the back with his friends. I'm getting instructions not to talk to his friends. Don't ask him any questions. Don't make any stupid jokes. Um, I got asked to take him to a party. And great. I mean, you know what? As a dad who's starting to lose that connection with his son, you grab any moment you can. Yes, I'll, I'll take you wherever you want. Just, just talk to me a little bit. You know what I mean? Just give me a window. <laughs> and uh, uh, anyway, so his friends are in the back, uh, and I drive them everywhere. But so he wants to go to a party. So okay, we're driving to the party, and he goes, "Look, Dad, do me a favour." When when you come to pick me up, uh, I want you to pick me up at uh, eleven o'clock, and um, don't come early because I'm not coming out. <laughs> and if you get there early, don't talk to any other parents. Whatever you do, <laughs> don't talk to any of my friends. Just wait in the car. I'll get out. Okay, I'll come out. I guess he thought I would <laughs> embarrass him, but anyway. So what happens is. Typically, I'm so excited to go pick him up, find out about his party. It was one of the first ones he went to. Um, as, as a sort of a, a teenager. Uh, and I, I get there a little bit early, so I text him. And I'm like, I'm here, Buster, I'm just outside. And he responds, he goes, it's not 11 o'clock. I'll be out at 11. Now, I'm only sitting outside the front of the house. Like, I'm there. <laughs> He's there too, but he won't come out. He refuses to come out. He's like, okay, no, I'm not coming out. It's not 11 o'clock yet. I gave you your instructions. Are you an imbecile? <laughs> Obviously I am. And um, yeah, so I sit there and wait and wait. Now there are other parents gathering around the door at the front door. And I'm sitting there, I'm a parent. I feel I should be in the club <laughs> with the other parents waiting for their kids. And so I go to get out. Now, it's nearly 11 o'clock now. I've been sitting in the car 15 minutes and I'm like, oh, what can it hurt? You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, you remember the uh, my dog and how he's dropped his shoulders and he would slink away, knowing he'd been bad? So I'm sort of shuffling towards the front door, a little bit hesitant, wondering whether I should be doing this, but hey, we're all adults and fuck me dead. Buster walks outside, sees me walking down the driveway, and he's on me like a rat of an aqueduct. He's like, Dad, back in the car, get back in the car. My shoulders dropped, just like Buddy, I slinked away, I got back in the car. Bad Dad, bad Dad, he's going. Oh, it's demeaning being a dad, isn't it, eh? So this is another true story and it's um, one about when I was driving back from Gracetown and uh, it was a sunny day and the sunlight was coming through the, the front window and uh, reflection off my arms and uh, I looked down and I, I see all these uh, hairy fluffy arms in front of me and I, I just started to uh, pull the hairs out as I was driving along. It's about three hours drive. Anyway, uh, cut long story short, by the time I got back, I'd actually pulled off all the hairs off my arms. And um, I've become quite obsessed with the whole idea, eh? So the next thing I know, I'm checking my ankles out and my legs and looking at my hairy legs, and I, 
I thought, you got old man's legs. So I decided to start pulling the hairs out of my legs as well. And over a course of about a week, I think, I pulled all the hairs off my legs. And so uh, I, I really did, uh, couldn't stop doing it. Every time I looked down, I see another little clump of hairs on my legs and I'd, I'd pull them out. Anyway, I, I just sort of got a, on a bit of a roll with all this, so I'm, I'm heading into the toilet one day and I thought, look, in for a penny. <laughs> so I grabbed the scissors and I, I went in to uh, give everything a bit of a trim. Now, before I sort of go down that rabbit hole, I just want to tell you, um, earlier in the week, I've been talking about getting a haircut. So, you know, on the theme about hair removal, uh, I suppose this is relevant. And uh, I uh, was talking to my daughter about that, and uh, so yes, yeah, so I was, you know, I was doing the whole, the whole thing, uh, even the uh, uh, the hair on my head. Um, unbeknown to me, uh, my daughter's come up and uh, slapped one of those uh, yellow uh, post-it notes on my uh, lower back, and uh, it, it dropped off. Now we've got this special glue, and it's not super glue, but it's like something like that gorilla grip or something and so she's put a bit of this stuff on it uh on the paper and and then stuck it back on my on my back and just tapped me on the back as she's walked past right so uh i, I forgot all about it well i didn't know about it cut long story short i didn't know about it and um so i'm, I'm sitting down in the toilet as i mentioned to uh give everything a little bit of a tidy up and uh yeah i trimmed up the top part and i thought i'd just lift up the little man and just see what's under there and it looked like a little coconut <laughs> with a mix of dark and grey hairs there. So I started to uh, uh, trim them up. And as I did, I grabbed my ball sack or my scrotum, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter what you say. It's not a nice name. There's nothing really attractive about them. Anyway, so I lifted them up and I give them a bit of a trim. And I pull a little bit of skin forward and more hairs appear and <laughs> I trim them up and I'm going and going and going and fuck me dead I couldn't believe how much skin I had in my hand this thing just kept coming forward until <laughs> I looked down and this post-it note <laughs> comes between my legs <laughs> from my back <laughs> it's pulled so, <laughs> I reckon if I took my shoes off, I could have put all my scrotum into my shoe and tied my laces up and walked out. If there'd been a knock on the door, they would have gone, what are you doing? I said, I've just put my scrotum in the shoe. <laughs> See if it fits. <laughs> I reckon it would have been overflowing. <laughs> anyway, I think that's just something to do with old age. I'm not really sure, but I'm, uh, I don't remember them being like that when I was younger. They were like nice little walnuts, but uh, yeah, there's a bit more meat on them now, I can see that much. <laughs> Another funny story which is inspired by the fact that I'm just driving past Adventure World and again, regular thing for uh, me to drop Buster and Millie, both my kids, to Adventure World over the summer. They would go and hang with their friends. Great actually being so close to it. It's such a good a good um, uh, thing to have nearby. and. Um, Anyway, on some of the rides, they've got this, you know, if you're not this tall, you can't get on the ride. And uh, that's to keep people safe, you know what I mean? Now, I'm of the view, 
<laughs> that you've got your your birth age, you've got your your age based on your health and lifestyle, and something I realised more recently, as you get older, you've got your testicle age. <laughs> now hang on and stick with me for this one, okay? You'll understand. So as you get older, as I've mentioned before, your testicles seem to drop. Now I only heard about this recently and since I've become aware of it, mine have dropped a little bit further. <laughs> Once they knew what was going on, they're like, oh fuck, that's what we're supposed to do. Anyway, so I figure that when you go on these rides, there should be like a thing, you know, you should be this height. Uh, and then for older people, <laughs> older men, <laughs> they should go, if your testicles are below this point, you can't go on the ride. <laughs> now the reason for that is twofold. Well, A, you might be getting too old and brittle, and so therefore you shouldn't be on the ride. And secondly, if they are hanging a bit too low and you've got your shorts and they're hanging out the side on one of these rides, it could be dangerous for other people. You get hit in the face by someone's testicles going along the roller coaster or on the big rides or whatever. So, so yeah, I think it's probably safer for the kids and any, anybody around you that uh, if they're um, if you if you're too old and your testicle age is too high that you shouldn't go on those rides either. So I just it amused me when I thought of that. All right, I think I might leave it there. I've, I've related a few stupid stories that I uh, uh, I thought of in the last couple of weeks, and uh, as I said, most of them are, are true. I might have embellished the uh, the truth a little bit to uh, make it a little bit more humorous, but um, that's what we do. But um, I, I just uh, found the whole thing really funny to uh, uh, listen to your head and uh, relay those memories back, and then look at the funny side of it and um yeah everything we do is funny isn't it it really is so look good grief by martin 100 days and beyond i mean it is supposed to be a creative podcast um working through a number of different creative projects and this is one that uh, look i don't think i got the confidence to stand in front of a room and relate these stories and you know delivery is is, is all important but when i'm on my own it seems pretty easy to ramble on and Hopefully you will get a smile out of these stories and uh, um, and for the men that are getting a bit older, maybe you can relate to some of those uh, aging stories that I relate to as well because it's all uh, all true. It is all happening. Just go and have a look. You'll find it's all happening to you as well. So good group on Mark 100 Days. Big ups to everyone and thank you so much for all your support. And uh, to my band Little Pedro playing at Clancy's Fremantle tonight. Hope we have a good show. Thank you so much.